Hey family, welcome to another exciting edition of Cool Jazz Conversations. My name is Marcella Shapard, the bass man, and I'm so elated today because it's not every day that you get to talk to someone who is talented on so many levels. This brother is not only a session player, he's a touring saxophonist and a recording artist as well. He is known as your favorite saxophonist, saxophonist. Please welcome none other than saxophonist, Mike Burton. Welcome to Cool Jazz Conversations, bro. How you doing? I'm great, man. Thanks for having me, bro. Man, the pleasure is all mine, man. So I'm a fan. I've been a fan for a very long time, but let me just jump right out of the gate. I had the pleasure of experiencing uh, your sound a couple of weeks ago uh, during the Capital Jazz Super Cruise and what a treat it was. Uh, you were a part of the house band. You backed up several mainstream artists out there. Talk a little bit about the process of backing up artists and then artists that you typically don't play with, right? How intense can that be? Well, it can be very intense, man, but you know, you have to be prepared. So, you know, just trying to be, a, you know, be a pro uh, every chance I get, man. Um, you know, like I said, on, on the ship, I was playing behind Mike Phillips, playing behind Regina Bell, Chrisette Michelle, which was a last minute call to do that one. And wow. Eric Bernay. So, I mean, our, our plate was full, man. So just, you know, um, sitting down and really treating each artist with the respect that we would want to be treated with ourselves as somebody was learning our show you know so just really paying you know close attention to detail and just making sure we put our best foot forward man so that's the main thing just trying to be a pro at all costs you know well brother you you definitely are a pro and i would say that that probably came from your upbringing being that you came up in a musical family down there in good Jackson, Mississippi. Uh, I think I told you before, you know, Jackson, Mississippi will always have a, a special part in my heart as uh, the station in Jackson, Mississippi, WJSU, was the first to welcome me into syndication. So big love for Jackson, Mississippi, number one. But going back to your family, you know, your mother being a part of one of my favorite choirs growing up as a kid, Mississippi Mass Choir, near the cross. Come on, man. <laughs> yes, sir. Uh, and and your your father, of course, being a, a saxophonist as well. Talk a little bit about your upbringing there in Jackson. Well, like you said, my mom was in the Mass Choir, man. She probably got in there when I was maybe 10 or 11 years old, like their first album, which was like number one you know, on the gospel charts for over a year. So just being a kid and going to rehearsals with her and being at those live recordings all up through my high school and college years, man, and um, traveling with the choir sometimes, you know, it was just an eye-opening experience as a child, man, and just seeing what's possible with music, you know, meeting musicians. And uh, it really was life-changing for me, man. It really sparked something in me. You know, being from Jackson, I was definitely influenced by Jackson State University and the Sonic Boom with the South, the marching band. Probably, you know, first and foremost, but then once I saw that mass choir and, you know, those musicians, man, it just put something in me, man, you know, that I'm still trying to chase to this day, you know, so. <laughs> I even saw some video of you, uh -oh, uh, you doing some, some rapping with the choir, huh? <laughs> <laughs> you got to bring that up. No, <laughs> no man, so, so actually, um, 
uh, Frank Frank Williams, who was the, the lead singer and founder of the choir, his his children, his two youngest kids, Jessica and Frankie, were my godbrother and godsister. So I was oh, wow. with them all the time, man. Okay. So we were hanging out at the house one night with his wife Katrina, and they were like, you know, I think Mike would be a good person, good kid to do this part of the show. And they just kind of <laughs> threw me into the fire, man. And so that, <laughs> there, I, there I was, and you know, and now YouTube came came along, and now oh, I'm just, man. You know, it's out here forever, brother. So. It, it was it was the corniest <laughs> of skits, but it worked oh back God. then. <laughs> yeah, I was 14 years old, man. And wow. Here I am, 30 years later. You know, it's wow. still around, you know? 14 on the main stage, man. Come on, man. You can't beat that, man. <laughs> uh, your your father, when when did he introduce you to the saxophone? Uh, you know, so I put that in my bio, you know, as him being a saxophonist, but he wasn't professional. Like he played okay. high school and college, but he put the horn in my hand. You know, um, he actually <laughs> sold his old horn from high school to give me my first horn. You know, wow. <laughs> like, so he really, he really put it on me, man. He, uh, he had me listening to jazz at a, at a young age. A lot of Grover Washington Jr. and mm. you know, a lot of the greats. You know, um, so yeah, so more so his influence as far as just kind of pulling me in, in that direction as opposed to like, you know, he was playing the saxophone, you know. Was there any other instrument that you initially started to gravitate to well, or I started, wanted I started, to? I started on piano first, man. Piano okay. lessons in elementary school. Uh, didn't really take it too seriously until I got to high school and started learning jazz theory and, you know, uh, getting into improvisation and learning my chord changes. So then I kind of got back to the piano uh, at that time. Um, but yeah, you know, I play a little, little drums, little, little two and four. I, I, I can hold a back beat. I sing a little bit, you know, uh, do, a, do a little production. Yeah, there you yes, go. Sir. Yeah. Okay, well, good stuff. So you, you talk about the sonic boom at Jackson State. Uh, one would think that you would have been a part of the sonic boom, but your talents went elsewhere to Indiana University uh, being a part of the jazz studies program. They're getting both your your master's, uh, your bachelor's and your master's there. Right. Uh, coming up under the world-renowned uh, musician, professor, composer, David Baker, who I, I had the pleasure of meeting years ago wow. uh, in their school of music. First off, how did you end up going to Indiana University coming out of Jackson State? Man, uh, I'm Jackson's. still trying to figure that out. You know, I think, <laughs> <laughs> I think my my mom, she actually found it for me, man. You know, I was uh, I was all set on going to Berkeley because mm -hmm. um, I had went there for a summer program after my junior year of high school and uh, tried to get a little scholarship. They didn't give me <laughs> they didn't give me enough grade. Wow. So uh, we were just trying to find some some place else to go. And I'd known about Indiana from my teacher at my high school because he, he would go to some of their summer camps as well with Jamie Aversall up in uh, Kentucky and Southern Indiana. So we checked them out. I, I sent in my audition tape, man. You know, they gave me a scholarship and the rest is history, man. Um, I, you know, and, it, and it, it was great for me, man. It's such it's such a great school. It's probably, I, th I think at the time it was the largest public state state school of music in the country. Okay. Um, so just kids from all over the world, man, just really coming in there, blazing on their instruments. You know, I was, a, um, I think at home, I was kind of a, a, you know, big fish in a small pond. When I got to school, there was so many great saxophonists. It's just great yeah. musicians on everything. So it really pushes you, man. So it was- I mean, awesome. talk about that. You know, here it is at, at home in, in your school, high school, you know, everybody's looking up to you. You know, yeah. Mike Burton's the man on saxophone. Right. Then you you get to, to Indiana and it's like an all-star team there. Talk about that experience yeah, and how yeah, it made I mean, you feel. We, I mean, it was like the, the jazz program, we had four big bands. So, I mean, so you can wow. imagine, you got so that's 20 what is that yeah 
20 saxophonists right there. And it, it was some kids that didn't even make it into a big band, you know? So wow. um, we had combos and different things. We learned a lot of, you know, of course, jazz theory, improvisation. And you also had to take your classes in classical music as well, your history and the composition and theory and ear training and all this stuff, man. So it's just a very intense program. It's still ranked one of the top five, you know, programs in, in, in the country, man, as far nice. as school of music, you know, not just jazz, but, you know, classical music, opera, um, all kinds of stuff, man. So it's a great program to have up there. So. And how was the black experience at Indiana University? It was different for, for me coming from Mississippi, man. It was really culture shock for me. Um, mm -hmm. You know, where I'm from, you know, black mayor, black police chief, black school, black high schools, everything black, you know. Right. So going to Indiana, man, I was maybe one of five kids in the jazz program. You know, wow. um, when, when I got my master's, I was the only black to get a master's in music that year. And that's 2002. Wow. You know, that's so yeah, like that's, yeah, that went too long ago. You know, so, uh, so yeah, man. Um, but it was it was great. I did gravitate. I did pledge a fraternity when I was there. I'm alpha. You know, you my fraternity brother, brother. There alpha Phi Alpha Fraternity so, uh, Incorporated. You know, so that, that, that really helped my college experience, man. Just you know, yeah. having a, a brotherhood and a foundation to keep me grounded. Because those first two years up there, man, it was tough. I mean, I, you know, I thought about um, transferring it, and not because mm. of the school, but just because I just homesick and just the mm. the lack of family you know because i didn't know anybody in the entire state of indiana when i got there so it was, wow. it was new for me yeah how often did you make it home man holidays you know okay i think i think that first year i might have tried to make it back to like one jackson state football game but uh <laughs> that's that that got kind of tough trying to keep that up every year man so yeah just you know thanksgiving christmas uh spring break until i got older in spring break i was going down to florida new orleans or something you know Speaking of Florida, so when I first went away to college, I went to Florida Memorial yeah. University in Miami, which is where I pledged. Okay. And my mother had to force me to come back home. I was not, I wasn't trying to come home for Thanksgiving, for Christmas. Not a, I was in a singing group down there. Oh, yeah. We were working on an album. You know, we were going up against. We were going to be going up against Shy and H-Town. Yeah. And yeah, man, my mother had, boy, if you don't come back here, I'm not sending more money down there. I had to come on home and yeah. Then, nah, you know, I hear you, bro. I mean, but yeah. South Florida and Bloomington, Indiana, two different places. Two bro, so. different things. A lot, a yeah, lot yeah. of, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> totally, totally different scenery yes, for sir. sure. <laughs> so <laughs> tell me about uh, this group that you were a part of. Uh, there in Indiana, uh, the Soul Review. Oh yeah, the Soul Review, man. So that truly enhanced my time there. The Soul Review was an ensemble. Um, we played black popular music from the 1950s, like Motown up through what, what was out at the time, man. So um, it was the only ensemble of its kind at the school, you know. Um, mm. at, at most schools, I don't think they have, you know, in, a, you know, a, a class for credit like that, you know, so. Oh, okay, great, for man. credit. Yeah, nice. It was, it was credit, yeah. Okay. And, you know, so I got to, um, you know, start started getting into horn arranging for the horn section there. Nice. Uh, when, I, when, I, when I went to graduate school, they gave me my assistantship, so I was like the AI or the TA for that class, uh, which was great for me in graduate school. Um, I, I met my wife in that class. <laughs> you nice. Know, she, was, she was she was a, a singer in the, in the class, man. So yeah, it was, it, it's amazing. It's still going on today. They're still there going strong, man. So, really cool. 
And one of your directors happened to be uh, one of the Funk Brothers out of Motown, Johnny right. Griffith. Johnny Griffin, Talk yeah. about him for a little bit and, and what he offered up to you. Man, just really just his presence, man. I mean, he was there, I, I want to say my junior year of college, man. But just, he was such, just such a cool guy, man. It's, it's hearing his stories and, um, you know, just great, great for that. You know, he, he was kind of towards the, the, the end of his life at that time, man. So, mm. but uh, just to sit with him and just to, you know, know that history, that history, he was walking history, man. So uh, yeah. just, you know, great to be a part of that. And then in grad school, your director was uh, a little younger, if you will, than right, right. Uh, Mr. Johnny Griffith, Dr. Uh, Tyron Cooper. Uh, talk yeah. talk about his uh, his experience and, and his mentorship for you. Oh, it's amazing. He's another alpha, alpha man, man. He's from South Florida. Uh, and he um, went, went to Bethune-Cookman for undergrad. We met okay. at IU. I was a freshman in college, and he was in his first year of graduate school. And um, he uh, he got his master's, came back maybe a year or so later as, as the director of the uh, the Soul Review, man. And he just took it, took it to a whole nother level, man. Being that he was younger, he was able to relate to the, to the students a lot more, I believe. And um, I mean, it was it was great. I think what what he showed us at the time, man, has really set me on the path for what I've been doing the past twenty years, man. Mm. It's really, you know, being on these stages with all these major art, artists and knowing how to function, knowing how to uh, create horn lines on the spot, um, knowing how to carry myself as, as a professional. I think it all started back in those days with, with, uh, with Coop at IU, man. Wow. Yeah. So is there anyone that was in the Soul Review uh, while you were there that's making big noise in the industry these days? Let's see. Um, well, yeah, so <laughs> the, the bass player back then is a guy named Lance Tober. He plays bass for Mariah Carey now. He's, oh, uh, nice. He, he's, he's produced songs for Charlie Wilson and a lot of other people in the industry, man. So he's, he's doing big things. Um, I probably say between me and him, the, the, the people that actually stuck with it after school, because a lot of people weren't music majors. They were majoring in education or business or whatever. This was like okay. their extracurricular thing. But a lot of talented people came through there. They just didn't, you know, really stick with it um, after college. But definitely me and um, Lance Tober for sure. Were there any local venues uh, in Indiana where you kind of cut your chops, you know? Oh, yeah. every every nightclub in Bloomington for sure. The, you okay. know, uh, Bears, Bluebird, Mars, uh, uh, Kilroy's. Uh, one goes. I was gonna call it um, Scotty's Brew House. I had my own little quintet down there back with with Tyron Cooper. Uh, we okay. had a band together and we be jamming out. You know, on Thursday nights and for the students and uh, just a good time. How long did that last? You having yeah. your own night? Uh, I would say probably. Probably my whole time in graduate school. Um, oh, nice. I was, you know, I was gigging around doing my own stuff because uh, I think it was just different than a, a lot of other things that were going on at the school because it's very traditional, straight ahead, bebop type of program when I was there. So what I was doing, a more R&B soul fusion with the jazz was a little different. So, you know, I had to kind of step out and do it, do it outside of the school because I couldn't really do it, you know, in the, in the in the classroom or in those in the combo setting, you know. So coming out of grad school, you've already been studying this, you know, music theory, classical composition, all of that stuff for years. You've been gigging on multiple stages for years. At what point did you know that you were ready to be a leader? Man, I think I think it's always been in me. I've always been kind of kind of ambitious. I mean, I, I could be shy socially a lot of times, but I always had that drive to 
no, this is what I wanted to do. I think when I was 16 years old, uh, Victor Goins, who's in the, um, the Lincoln Center Jazz Orchestra, uh, he plays mm-hmm. tenor sax and clarinet with them. He came to my high school, man, and um, I was so inspired by this brother, man. He was he was probably in his in his early 30s at the time, mm-hmm. and he was just he he went out to dinner with, with my family. We, we took him out because I was I guess like the star student or some at the school or whatever. So we kind of you know. Uh, took care of him while he was down there, took him out to eat and just hearing his stories about about him traveling the world, playing the saxophone, and this is what he does. And he just got back from Europe and all this stuff. I'm like, man, this is, you know, this is amazing. And for a kid from Jackson, Mississippi, who's trying to figure out ways to see other things, you know, I was like, if he can do this, I I can do this, you know? So um, that kind of sparked me, man. Like I said, from there, I went to Berkeley, went to Indiana, and I was always just trying to find a way to break in. I I didn't know the, the secret or the, how to get it you know but i just knew i i, I had that drive and I, I still do you know still trying to find ways to even do do more you know at, at, at this age and this point in my career you know everybody just from america syria nigeria north korea For Russia and Pakistan, Afghanistan, Iraq and Iran. Everybody just for Chicago and Detroit and Baltimore and New York and Cleveland and Ferguson. Everybody just. For fathers and mothers and sisters and brothers and for each other, yeah. Everybody just, I pray for you, you pray for me. I pray for Jackson, Mississippi.
family, if you were just joining us on the line today, we are talking with a brother who is highly decorated in regard to the people he has played with, toured with, and then playing in his own right as the leader. I'm talking about saxophonist Mike Burton. Mike, you have a very long, I don't want to say laundry list, uh, <laughs> we'll say a cleaner's list because it, it sounds a little fresher, right? So, <laughs> but your list of people that you have played with and toured with is just, I mean, it's mind boggling, right? Um, and I'm just going to put out a couple of names here. Jill Scott, Mary J, Anita Baker, New Edition, Patti LaBelle. You perform with Aretha Franklin, Young Jeezy. Russell Gunn, Eric Roberson, recorded with Fat Joe, Pitbull. I mean, come on, man. I mean, you, your sound, of course, it knows no bounds at all because you're able to move in and out of genres. But this list of, of people and musicians is simply incredible. And it's not one that you see uh, with your average musician out there. You you ever get starstruck working with some of these folks? Um, I don't know if I get starstruck, but there are definitely some that I you know who I'm big fans of. Like this past week, we 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 rocked out with Busta Rhymes, and I'm I'm a big Busta Rhymes fan from from high school to now. You know, so that was a big yeah. one for me, man. But I mean, but I'm I'm doing it so often that you have to keep it together. You can't be out there, you know, losing your mind. But just teasing. But I think, but I, you know, even what I tell my kids who aspire to, to 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 do this they want to sing and do broadway and all this yeah. kind of stuff my daughters have two daughters um and um i just tell them they're just people like, like us you know like mm. like you like whoever like they 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 wake up in the morning put their clothes on brush their teeth you know saying get out the house and you know so it's all attainable you know so I, right. I i try to keep it like that and i think celebrities or folks of that stature they um they just want to be treated like regular folks too, like in in a, in a working environment when you're trying to learn their music and their rehearsals. You know, most times they, they don't want in, anybody in there that's gonna fan out, and you know, it's it's like a very relaxed environment. So, mm. you know, it's all cool. In addition to the the long list, the brief list of many many more that I just put out there, uh, you also had the opportunity, being that you know, well, number one, you're based in Atlanta, but you had the opportunity to. Uh, work with and watch the growth of a certain person in Atlanta, that being uh, Tyler Perry working on his stage plays and other productions over the years. Talk a little bit about Tyler Perry and and uh, how you were able to assist and and what he's been able to do for you. Man, uh, so I, I worked with Tyler. I started back with Tyler in 05, man, and I worked with him, you know, for like a, a strong 10 years straight, like doing all of his stage plays and worked on some movies like Extra Work, you know, the, the saxophone player in the back corner back there, you know, that would, yeah. that would be me. But uh, seriously, like tours and, 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 and plays that went straight to DVD, I probably did a dozen of those, if not more, wow. you know. Um, but it was just a great time for me, man. I, you know, I was a young man, um, just getting married, just, just starting my life, you know. Um, so, Financially, it was it was great for me too, just being able to support my family, and you know I'm very grateful for that, man. And just to see 
when I started working with Tyler, he was he was probably 36, you know, and mm. he was already a multimillionaire, man. But just seeing wow. his drive, man, and just seeing even he was rich then, but just to see where he's at now, you know, having this right. the largest movie studio in, in the country, maybe even the world, man, and that he's, um, you know, pretty much, you know, every show that comes on BET is probably shot at his studio, you know. Right. It's uh so it's just very inspiring, man. It just shows you what's possible knowing his, you know, very humble beginnings, man. And just he definitely wasn't one with a silver spoon in his mouth. He worked for everything he has, man. So it just shows yeah. me what's attainable in life, you know. So very, very grateful for the opportunity to work for, for Tyler Perry for so many years, man. Have you been to his new studios? Oh yeah. I mean, so okay. um we shot I worked on Sunday Best, the VT show Sunday Best, like the you uh, know, Gospel American mm-hmm. Idol show over there. Uh we shot the, the last few seasons of that over there um i was just there i played for one of his uh, rap parties for some of his shows that was like okay. last summer so uh so it's like it's the old fort mcpherson i don't know if you know atlanta like that but it was like a an army base probably back from the civil war times huge army base he bought the base yeah i saw and the I, documentary on the uh, street oh yeah you was, saw it so yeah man it's, I, it's just, I mean just as, as just as, as a black man you know african-american you just feel so proud just walking through yeah. those gates man and just seeing it it's, it's really inspiring man I look forward to that day, man. One of my goals is to work with Tyler Perry this year, it's as, it's you know, on on the big screen as I'm an actor as well. So yeah, yeah I'm, I'm looking for sure, forward man. to that. Uh, Patty Labelle. Oh yeah. How did you end up working with Patty? Relationships, man. Uh, oh, so important. <laughs> I, that's 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 the word, man. I, yes. Um, Jeff Bradshaw, Trump owners Jeff Bradshaw, great great friend of mine, man. I've known Jeff for probably 15 years or so. You and I uh, both. Yeah, so Jeff Jeff actually got me on with Jill Scott back in the day initially. Uh, nice. Jeff and Lil John Roberts, man, the drummer. Mm-hmm. And um, this was probably 08 when I started working with Jill. So fast forward four years from that, uh, Jeff just gives, he just gives me a call. He's like, look, man, Patty wants to put together a horn section. That's really how it goes in this R&B pop world wow. a lot of times. Not, not a whole lot of auditions. Every once in a while, maybe. But for the most part, it's, you know, you know, trying to be a good character, man, be a good person, be talented, be talented on your instrument for sure. But those relationships, you know, have carried me for sure, you know, my my entire career, man. So most definitely. Let's talk a little bit about before we get into your own personal music. Yeah. Um, let's talk about an extension of you and what you do, that being the good time horn section. Yeah three incredible cats that i mean you all are simply a a force to be reckoned with um touring the globe backing up royalty on stage i mean you guys got your own ep out there you were just playing on the grammys last week you played the rock and roll hall of fame you did the soul train awards uh you're about to or currently backing up usher for his vegas residency man i mean how do you do it? <laughs> um, well, first and foremost, they are my brothers, man. Melvin Jones and Wilbur Williams. Uh, Will mm-hmm. Williams, man, we've been friends for, for a long time. I, I met Melvin probably 2002, 2003, something like that. Uh, he moved back to Atlanta, you know, shortly thereafter. Um, and then we started playing together in the corporate band situation and stuff around town. We met Will maybe 2010. Um, still doing those kind of gigs around here and there. And I um, I was do- doing a tour, uh, waiting to go out of town for this tour. Tour gets canceled the day of. The- I'm I'm set to go to the airport, you know, like mm-hmm. leaving town. I get a call and say, I'm not gonna say the artist, but 
I, I get a call. They say, don't go to the airport. You know, the tour is being postponed. Oh, no. Uh, that turns into the tour is canceled. I've given away all my other gigs for three months. I'm kissed the wife oh, and the kids goodbye. No. I'm out of here. You know what I'm saying? So I um, so that night I'm, I'm depressed, man. I'm, uh, this is like probably 11, 12 years ago. Like, what what am I doing? You know, and my wife sits me down. She's like, look, you got to figure out somewhere you have your own brand. You brand yourself. You know, you what are you doing? You know, and and she said, what, what's a phrase that, that, that y'all always say? You know, like, we always saying good times. Melvin was a good times all the time, you know. And um, so I called him up. I said, man, I got an idea, man. I want to put this band together. Good times brass band, you know. I was like, let's do like some DC go-go mixed with some New Orleans second line brass band type stuff. And let's see what happens. So we started booking shows around Atlanta. Uh, we rehearsed at my house, you know. Uh, I called up my other friends, Trey Gilbert, John Roberts, Ray Marshall, uh, a lot of cats, man. Derek Scott. We get together, put this band together, and um, next thing I know, we start to take off. I'm just posting on social media what we're doing, and we got this chemistry with the horns, man. And people mm. start just calling us to do stuff, you know. And, and that brand, that name, Good Time, started to pick up around town, and then the rest is history, man. Like we, we start getting called to do television shows, and because we were already doing that kind of stuff, but not as a brand, not as a thing. Right, not and I think putting that putting that name on it, and you know. Uh, it really helped us, you know, really take off, man. And um, it's, it's, it's been going great, man. I mean, it's like, it's, it's, it's to the point now where we're having to like sub stuff out and turn down wow. and tours and whatnot. So God is good, man. I'm, I'm just grateful for, for, for giving my wife that vision yeah. <laughs> to say, you know, what's going on. So, and here we are, man. Well, let me tell you, where would we be if not for the support of the women in our lives that push us when we don't know that we need to be pushed and give us inspiration and ideas when we think that we have a, a brick wall in front of us. So hats off to her uh, for that, number one. But I mean, branding is so important, man. I, I can't stress that enough to people, you know, having a strong, recognizable brand to stand behind. For me, everybody knows me as the man with the voice. And crazy enough, you know, that's something that God gave to me, the voice, number one, but to the branding of it, because I would be out emceeing shows yeah. and I would come off stage and some woman would come up to me and say, oh, there's that man with the voice. Right. And it happened so many times that I said, OK, God, I hear you. Right. Same thing happened when I first started out in radio uh, 29 years ago. Now, I was just Marcella Shepard. Yeah. I was on the campus of Morgan State University. I was doing late night on a, a, a Saturday night, slow jams. Yeah. I'm walking on the yard one day, sister comes up to me, oh, there's the bass man. It's like, bass man? <laughs> Fast forward a couple of days, I see somebody else. Oh man, I heard you the other day sounded like a bass man or something. Yeah. I said, God, I hear you. So then I became the bass man, you know? So both of those are a part of my brand and they've allowed me to grow uh, professionally. And so it's it's so important and I'm so glad that you all have the brand of, of the Good Time Horns because everybody knows when they hear Good Time Horns that it's going to be a good time. Right. It's, <laughs> it's going to be a good time. The music's going to be solid. And you all are just seriously a, a cohesive unit that can be plugged into any type of situation. And it, it works. Thank you. 
for that, man. It works, you know. I look at the work that, you know, you all have done with uh, Adam Blackstone, whether it be, you know, uh, with him serving as a musical director for a show, or even you playing on his latest album, Legacy, which I love. As a matter of fact, you play on my favorite song on that album, which is The Storm Will Pass. Oh, yeah. That song is so powerful to me. It's 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 a spiritual song for me. And uh and 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 when you hit your solo, man, it, it's 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 magical. So thank you for sharing your gift with Adam. And if you don't mind, talk about how Adam is, has helped to elevate. Uh, your playing and, and your brand. Well, first, I want to just clarify that that's not me taking, I am on that song, but that's not me taking the solo. That's oh, that's not you on the solo? Well, that's, I take back yeah, everything I, I, I said, man. Listen, Kenneth you, is my brother, and he would kill me for saying that. You know, so who who did the solo on that? Kenneth Whalem. Oh, that was Kenneth. Yeah, that's ah, ah, okay. Yeah, he's great. He's great. Yeah, that's, that that's, was. That's my bro. And the, he was the preaching. Song, and the song was written by Melvin Jones in our in the section. So Nice. You know. But yeah, Adam, man, I, I met Adam. Uh, when I was working with Jill Scott, he he had mm. just left Jill to go do, I think Janet Jackson to be her music director, but um, wow, we, we had like a like a, a tragedy in the van. Uh, mm. our, our, our bass player at the time he had like like a family emergency, man. So Adam came back. We were doing uh, Essence Fest, mm. and um, that's the first time I met Adam, and we just stayed in touch, you know, over the years. He called me from time to time to do some stuff with him, and then once Good Times started, you know. I don't know if I hit him up or he hit me up. I can't remember how, but you know, he reached out and you know, the rest is history, man. We work with him quite a bit now. He's a great brother, man, great family man. Just a, you know, he's a he's a, he's a rare breed in this industry for real, man. Just a loyal yeah. cat, super professional man, always prepared, man. So I can't say enough good stuff about Adam, man. He's a good dude. I'm glad to hear it, man. I'm so glad that the two of you have a, a musical partnership and friendship that we are blessed to be able to hear uh on record you know it is an unfair question for you okay. all right Mike. who's your favorite artist that you perform with wow see, and why you're give me in trouble now i'm just saying it's, it's what I we do I, I can't say a favorite i can say like a, you know different ones for different things you know okay um when I when I first started first started out when I first got to Atlanta I started I worked with PJ Morton. Oh um, man, love PJ. And so I was working with PJ like in in the very beginnings, man. He was like just finishing up at Morehouse. He did his first tour. We took his mama's church bus on the road. Wow. You know, all this we we were all in our twenties, man. And uh, and just to see where he's going now, it's just <laughs> it's amazing, you know. So musically, and just. The fun we had in those days, man, that's one of my greatest experiences, I think. You know, I mean, definitely I love the Usher gig. I love playing with Miss Patty. She, her camp is amazing. Everybody's so friendly. She's like your favorite auntie, man. It's just <laughs> kicking it's them shoes Jill up. Scott was a, a great run, man. Beautiful um, person, great music. Um, went all over the world with her, man. So, I mean, different artists for different things. But I haven't I haven't had like a terrible experience with anybody, you know. Uh, so God is good for that, for sure, man. Uh <laughs> It's, it's it's been fun man i'm glad to hear it man here, yeah. you uh you you brought up pj and that you yeah. were with him in the early days so i'm were you touring with pj in the early days yeah like i said we want his so, mama's church bus right <laughs> like, it's possible across the country i brought pj to baltimore 
like when his first album came out and and had him in a real small venue, I you probably, probably were with him. Emotions, yes, is that album emotions. Yes. Was it like close? Was it close to close to the the pier to, to uh, yes. the harbor? Yes. Yeah. Wow. I was there. Was Matter of fact, I think that, that might have been at, at Tivolf Cafe. I believe it was at. I'm trying to think. So, the, look, I probably was there because I I started working wow. with PJ like 04, 05, and then yeah, probably, probably through like like on and off maybe to it's like 2011 something like That's that. That's great. So we met all the way back then. Man. Yeah. That's wow. Yeah, that was with uh, another frat brother of ours, uh, Dimitri McDaniel, who's my business okay. partner, GL Entertainment, and we would bring in groups for concerts and and uh do album release parties and happy hours and uh homecoming parties but yeah man pj was was one of the cats we bought in uh we introduced baltimore to to india Irie right oh, when her yeah. first album was coming out i mean so many people man yeah. but wow that's going back going yeah, back man. some time good stuff okay cool things <laughs> so is there a, a favorite venue that you've played in yeah being that you've played all over the country and the world is 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 there a favorite spot that you know you you see it on the schedule you're like oh i can't wait to go yeah um man one was just cool we we did recently man we played in this we played in saudi arabia with usher man just recently wow i think of the the um the town the city it was because it was like in the middle of the desert bro like and it was like the, the entire building was encased in glass like a big mirror just in it so it, it wow re reflected all the mountains and the sand everything or it was it was crazy you know so that's that's up there it's very small you know intimate venue probably seat 300 people or something like that you know but that's it was just great. wait a minute they brought y'all to dubai to perform for 300 saudi people. arabia i mean look i mean saudi i mean that's that's some bread I mean, it's it's so much oil over there. You can smell it in the air, bro. <laughs> <laughs> you, you can smell money in the air. <laughs> you can smell oil in the air, like you said. Yeah, man, yeah, yeah. The that money, oil yeah. is money. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, man. So they got wow. it for sure. But um, That's... let me see. In the states, um, I always love going to um to South Florida. I, I love my I love Miami. I love you down there. Yeah. Venues though. Radio City Music Hall is beautiful. I've loved to play okay. there. Um, all the Fox theaters around the country are, are beautiful. Detroit's Fox is beautiful. St. Louis has a really nice one. Atlanta's Fox is beautiful. Uh, the Hollywood Bowl, that's a good one. Mm, I haven't you know, been to Hollywood Bowl yet. The, the, the Greek Theater in, in, in L.A. is really nice, too. Like the outdoor spots, you know, so. Okay, who has, which city has the best food? has the best food yes man. when you when you on the road and you see that city on on the the lineup you're like oh i'm eating good when i get there man listen i'm from mississippi bro so if it ain't jackson it's got to be new orleans <laughs> or memphis it's got to be something like that you know okay i, I know i'm gonna give me some catfish give me that some good delta catfish like Ooh. i'm all about that some shrimp and grits you know so man that's where i'm at i thought i had had catfish all my life man until I got to Jackson, Mississippi. Come on, I try to tell everybody. And I had some catfish. There used to be a club there called the 930 Club. Yeah. Bruh. <laughs> they had a little after hours set going, and I got some catfish. Lord have mercy. Yeah. Man, I did not want to leave that spot, bruh. It like was it, so good. Yeah. It was so good. The people in Jackson, I just love, period, because... Yeah. 
I met, I don't know if I told you before, I met uh, Medgar Evers' brother. Wow. On the plane. Charles Charles, yes. And we exchanged info. And, you know, you meet people all the time, right? And some people are like, oh, well, you know, next time you come to town, let me know and we'll, we'll connect, right? Yeah. The next time I was coming to town, I'd already told him when I was coming back. So I was I was doing some work down there. I'm down there and he called me. He said, hey, did you make it down? I said, yeah. He said, all right, I'm going to come pick you up and take you out. Wow. Okay. He literally came, picked me up from my hotel, took me all around Jackson. Yeah. We went to a little hole in, in the wall, got some, some more catfish. Yeah. <laughs> then it. he took me to the house. We broke bread, had a drink, man, talked for hours. So, I mean, you, you, yeah. you don't meet people like that on nah, a regular basis, right? They're Nicest just people in the country, man. I'm a complete stranger. Yeah. And he just, just based off one conversation, opens up his doors to me. And yeah, man, I, I love it, man. That's awesome. That's I awesome. love it. Love to That's, hear it, man. That's good old Jackson, man. Well, family, if you're just joining us on the line today, we're talking to your favorite saxophonist, saxophonist, uh, none other than Mike Burton. Mike, that term, of course, Mike Phillips, you know, right. said it over and over and over. And I don't know if he's the one that that dubbed you as such. <laughs> okay, got talk talk about Mike Philly, if you will, and, and his influence uh and or mentorship of you. Yeah. Mike, Mike is—he's just got a great heart, man. He's a good brother. He—he's one of the hardest working brothers, uh, you know. A great saxophonist. Um, I met Mike probably—I was just out of college, man. I was working with Marcus Johnson back in the day. I was doing the Bermuda Jazz Festival, and he was playing, uh, just killing it, you know, on mm-hmm. the show. And and um, I was at the airport. We were headed out the next day, man. And he just dropped so many gems on me, man. Like just, just really sewing into me, you know what I'm saying? Telling me what I should do, what I shouldn't do. Yeah. And um and he's 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 been the same, you know, for twenty years, you know. Yeah. Uh just, just just a good dude. I mean, even us being on the ship, man, you know, like Mike had a lot to do with that, you know. Wow. Uh, so shout out to Mike Phillips, man. You know, uh, yeah. a good brother, man, for real. And he also keep his band laced in some dope Jordans too. So. I know, right? And I <laughs> I had to tell him last time I saw I said, Mike, you know, I've never had a pair of Jordans in my life. Yeah. So I'm waiting to see if I'm going to get a pair hey, of look, Jordans. Mike, Mike, Mike you heard that, bro? Like, come on. <laughs> oh, man, but Size that's, 13. I know. Come on. Don't <laughs> get the bass man right, Mike. Get him yeah, right. Yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, you got to love it, man. But, you know, so in, in addition to you playing with so many cats out there, touring the land, session player as well, you've somewhere along the line have found the time to record your own music as well five albums to uh your credit how do you find the time in touring so much to record your own and where is it that uh or and how would you define your sound if you were to define your sound uh well first to find the time i mean man that's kind of been my thing from the jump. I mean, I kind of, uh, I won't say lucked up on one, but kind of, you know, the whole touring thing and being a side musician and horn section stuff, that wasn't my even first goal. You know, like I, mm. I always wanted to do my own thing. I mean, I have, I was recording my own projects in college, you know, like, you know, you know, like cats to say they sell the projects, you know, CDs out of the trunk of their car. And I was doing that, you know, like nice. uh, selling my gigs and stuff. So 
I've, I've been doing it for a while. So I'm, I'm always writing and composing and, you know, and I, I would call my style. I mean, I'm very influenced by hip hop, R&B, soul, neo soul, uh, gospel music is definitely in there. I'm from Mississippi, so the blues is in there. So it's just, it's, it's a big gumbo of, of, of influences. Um, I, I sometimes find, uh, Find it hard to get to get some radio play with smooth jazz stations because uh, I, don't, I, I don't I don't fit that format. You know, I just yeah. sent some songs to a guy last week and he was like, he's like, yeah, man, I'm loving your stuff, man, but it's, the song is too long and it's not fitting this thing right there. So I just say, you know, okay, bro, you know, whatever. Don't get, but, me, don't get me started on that, but but yeah. Yeah, hey, you know, it's it's all good, yeah. you know, because maybe that's not my thing. You know, I, I wouldn't call myself a smooth jazz saxophonist, but you know, not knocking anybody that's that's that survived, you know, but I. Right. I like all music, you know, so some stuff might have a little swing straight ahead vibe. Some stuff might sound like hip hop. So, you know, I don't try to put myself in a box and you can't see that by the artists I play with. I just, I just love music. I love all music. I like classic rock. I like singer songwriters. I like, you know, whatever, man. Uh, so I just want to make some good music. Some And, and it, when I have the, the chance to say something or sing something, I want to say something with some weight on it. That's going to mm. you know, try to impact. The world in a positive way like i said i have children uh two daughters 12 and 14 about to be 15. wow and um bless you, know, you you better gun you come on i got yeah i got two of them so <laughs> <laughs> one for each child yes sir <laughs> <laughs> so yeah man so just trying to write music that i want, want them to listen to you know and and, and uh, that i that i'm proud of you know do you still remember the first song that you recorded First song I recorded, hmm. mm -hmm. like of my own, my own original. Of your own, music. yeah. Uh, I honestly don't, but I know just okay. when I was in college, I was just trying to find my sound and search. So I'll be in the music library like every night, like in there, because they had like a, a program on the computer. Because uh, I'd have my own computer in my in my dorm room, so I'd go in it and use their equipment and do my little tracks, and then take it to my homeboy's uh, home studio and cut my tracks at his house. So I was just really driven you know what i'm saying i would listen to a lot of a lot of everything what i was listening to at school listening to jimmy hendrix and mm. buster rhymes and <laughs> jill scott and just a big, big pot of different things man you know so yeah so what are you currently working on now man i'm actually uh as far as my own stuff not a whole mm. lot right now i'm trying okay. to produce a project for, for somebody back in my hometown so i'm trying to recreate tracks that i um we did years ago um, so I'm trying to find new sounds and new ways to, re, you know, recreate those songs that we did and, and, and put this new music out with, with that. But a lot of this, you know, the touring is taking on so much of my time right now, man. Um, getting ready to get back with the Usher thing. We leave out on Monday to start rehearsals. Mm. And um, so I'll, I'll, I'll be doing that, you know. But and you said you were leaving the tickets in my name. At, I got you. Yeah, man. Look, come, okay. All right. Come on to Vegas, man. Okay, it's on. It's on. We <laughs> recorded this. So yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna play it for him at the door. See, he said it right here. Yeah, told me my name is on the list. Like, what? Base man. <laughs> I know them ticket prices high, boy. Yeah, they high, bro. Yeah. And and it's no comp. So, damn. My, my wife, my parents came. I bought their tickets. You know. What wow. I'm saying? So, yeah. So, now the after party, I got you. <laughs> I'll, I'll come. <laughs> You can hold to me to that. After party. Yeah, I'll come yeah. to the after party. So yeah. again, this long list of folks you've played with already, is there anybody out there that's on, say, a wish list for you to either record with and or back up or play with? 
Man, I would I would love to work with D'Angelo. I, I, I know oh. he doesn't do a whole whole lot, but he's one of my biggest influences, man. Like, yeah. You know that the Brown Sugar the Voodoo album it changed my life, man. I think I think he doesn't get enough credit, man, for how he changed the sound of, of black music or music in general, man. With those two projects, just the whole neo soul movement, you know, coming out of him with the Brown Sugar thing, and then the Voodoo album came out, and so many people were trying to, you know, do that sound. You know, right. play behind the beat and sing like he was singing those harmonies, and uh, you know, play the roads the way he was playing it. So yeah, I would, I would, I would love to work with D'Angelo, man, in some form, recording or touring or. Whatever. I mean, it's, it's been a couple of years now since his last album came out. Yeah, that, that was twenty fourteen. Yeah. Dang, twenty four, almost ten years. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And that was a classic too. I mean, so many joints on there too. And it was so good to have him back. So hopefully that can happen in the next year or two. Yeah, I think that'll be a good marriage of sounds, if you will, between the two of you. Yeah. Uh, Before we get out of here, share with us, you know, we talked about the power of relationships, but talk a little bit more about mentorship. And if you are in fact mentoring anybody, uh, share that as well. But the power of mentorship and how anybody out there in the music industry needs to be aligned with someone to help guide them, if you will. Most definitely. I would tell anybody when folks call me and they say, man, put me on, put me on this and that, you know, like maybe somebody did put me on, but I kind of put myself on too by moving Mm -hmm. to Atlanta when I was fresh out of college and hitting the jam sessions and trying to surround myself with people who are doing what I want to do. You know, I I always tell people, if you are the the most ambitious, the most outgoing person in your circle of friends, you need some new friends. You need people Mm -hmm. that are going to push you. Wow. You know what I'm saying? So, Preach. And, and for me, that was coming to Atlanta, man, and going to Cafe 290 and Apache back in the day and meeting the musicians who were on the road and doing shows and uh, seeing them come back off the road and tell their stories. And, uh, you know, even when I, when I started to him and I got out with Tyler Perry, like I was the youngest guy in the band. I was always the young mm. book. I'm, 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 I'm the OG now, but back in them days, I was the, <laughs> I was young book, man. So every day for lunch, I called him say, what y'all doing, man? The other guys in the band, they's like, let's go get something to eat. So I'm talking about, we were on the road for months at a time. And I just sit down at lunch with Ronnie Garrett and Marcus Williams and these guys, man. And, and these guys are probably 20 years older than me. Wow. And uh, just, his hearing their stories, man, and what to do and what not to do and, you know, save your money and health insurance and invest this and, you know, just like li- really listening to the older cats, you know, and it, it's, it's, it's really helped me, man, you know, so. Um, and as far as me being a mentor, I'm um, I'm actually, but I got a lot of young guys who will call me from time to time, you know, for information or whatever, but I, I'm also on the Grammy board here in Atlanta. I'm vice president of the chapter here in Atlanta. Nice. And uh, I'm, I'm a mentor with them for the past three or four years. so with uh, Grammy U. So we have like college kids, you know, who are trying to get into the industry and they, they'll, you know, uh, shout out us for a semester, whether that be phone calls or come to the gigs with a studio with us, or, you know, just trying to pay it forward, man. So all you older cats out there too, you know, pay it forward, man, give it back to the folks coming up behind us. Cause you know, you know, we can't do this forever, you know? So. Right. Wow. One thing, that, positive. one thing that stands out in that is the power of storytelling. Right. Whether it was you hearing a story from David Baker or from someone else, there's so much power in sharing our story, our history. Right. And being that this is February Black History Month, give me a figure that 
you've always held in high regard, a person in black history that you've always held in high regard. And tell us why. Man, you know, of course we all, we all have our heroes, Dr. King and Harriet Tubman and Frederick Douglass. But for me, growing up in Jackson, Mississippi, man, really, you know, like the, the history of that place and what went on there, you know, and still, still is going on in, in some respects. But growing up in, in church, Pearl Street AME Church, man, it just seemed like the strong black men in that church. I mean, I, I, I grew up in a time when it was the family, you know what I'm saying? Like all my friends had, had their father in their household, you know what I'm saying? And, and they, they all raised us, you know what I mean? So I can't, I can't say it's like one person in history, but just for me as a young kid going from, going from Mississippi and being at my church and just having that foundation of what it means to raise your kids and, you know, be a good husband and, you know, uh, be, a, be a good example for people in your community. That's That for me has stuck with me probably more than anything is just seeing those men at my church. It was Charles Borden or my father, Dr. Oth Burden or uh, Edwin Mullins. You know, these are men, nobody could know these guys' names, but man, for me, they are, they giants, you know, heroes, wow. man. So I, I, I would say that. Beautiful, man. Well, thank you for sharing those names with us and, and how beautiful it is that you do hold them in high regard. Mike Burton, go ahead and put your social media handles out there so that our folks can get in contact with you and your website as well so they can find your music. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, so Instagram is at Mike Burton. That's M-I-K-E-B-U-R-T-O-N-0-6. And my Twitter is just at Mike Burton. Uh, website is getting worked on right now. So, But if you just Google Mike Burton saxophone, all the stuff will come up. Like I said, I'm, I'm on Apple Music, Pandora, uh spotify title all those different things so uh, the projects out there so please y'all go check them out you know it's there most definitely your favorite saxophonist saxophonist my man mike burton my good frat brother bro thank you so much for hanging out with us here man, on cool so jazz conversations me, my pleasure Family, that is going to do it for this edition of Cool Jazz Conversations. The program is a production of TVM Productions, and it's broadcast on its home of WSSB 90.3 FM at South Carolina State University. You can also catch the podcast of this program on iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, Alexa, Amazon, Player FM, Google Podcast, and you can also uh, download us directly at CoolJazzConversations.Podbean. Dot com. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Cool Jazz Conversations. My name is Marcella Shepard, the bass man, and we'll see you next time right here on Cool Jazz Conversations. This is what? This is the hot music, hip-hop jazz for your amusement. You can dance and chill, act alive, you can ride a vibe to it. Find yourself, know thyself, grow thyself, but don't lose it. You can kill or hate, discriminate, that's just how some do it. They will lie to us, abuse our trust. Can we improve this? I don't know. When your rulers rule us, all look foolish, we can't undo this. That's all I know. We are brilliant, we're resilient, you out of touch if you can't feel this. The trumpet sounds, we march a million, shake the ground, we raise the ceiling. Quick abandon ship, yeah, I think it's going down. Okay. You Never learn to swim? Okay. Yep. I think you're gonna drown. Okay. Educate and stay equipped? Okay. You'll be sure to stick around. When Mike is on the sax, it's that revolution sound. Yeah, I love my neighbor, love all flavors, but I'm black and proud. I am smart and I'm reserved. I am dumb and I act loud. I am peace and I am wonder. I am lost and I am found. This is war and this is thunder. Yeah, please alert the crowd. Let's go. Who did you come with? Come with. Why are you here? What are you seeking? All in my ear. I said, who did you come with? Why are you here? What are you seeking? You all in my ear. I'm hearing lies on top of lies, lies, lies.
disguise Who are you? I'm hearing lies on top of lies Lies, lies, tell the truth Your words are a bad disguise Who are you? I'm still getting the feel And I'm learning the skills Knowing when to do work And when knowing to chill And no matter your grind They'll still send you them bills Ain't no medicine around to fix those kind of ills Had a talk with the G He don't talk to police He may talk to the priest He thought I was a pastor He had something to ask Cause is there heaven for me? If my church is the streets Is my worship complete? I tell them quick abandon ship Ah, it's going down You never learn to swim? Uh, you're gonna drown Educate and stay equipped? Uh, you'll stick around But when Mike is on that sax Yeah, love that sound Love my neighbor Love all flavors But I'm black and proud I am smart I'm reserved But I'm Dumb and loud, I am peace, I am wonder, I am lost, I am found This is war, this is thunder, please alert the crowd Who did you come with, come with? why are you here, what are you seeking, all in my ear I said, who did you come with, why are you here, what are you seeking, all in my ear I'm hearing lies on top of lies, 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 tell the truth Yeah, your words are a bad disguise, who are you, I'm hearing lies on top of lies, 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 tell the truth your words are a bad disguise. Who are you? Yeah, I think it's going down. Okay. You never learn to swim? Okay. Yeah, I think you're going to drown. Okay. Educate and stay equipped? Okay. You'll be sure to stick around. When Mike is on the sax, it's that revolution sound. Yeah, I love my neighbor, love all flavors, but I'm black and proud. I am smart and I'm reserved. I am dumb and I act loud. I am peace and I am wonder. I am lost and I am found. This is war and this is thunder. Yeah, please alert the crowd. Let's go. Who did you come with? Come with. Why are you here? What are you seeking? All in my ear. I said, who did you come with? Come with. Why are you here? What are you seeking? All in my ear. I'm hearing lies on top of lies. Lies, lies. Tell the truth. Yeah. Your words are a bad disguise Who are you? I'm hearing lies on top of lies Lies, lies, tell the truth Your words are a bad disguise Who are you? Who did you come with? Why are you here? What are you seeking? All in my ear I said, who did you come with? Why are you here? What are you seeking? All in my ear I'm hearing lies on top of lies Lies, lies, tell the truth Yeah, your words are a bad disguise Who are you? I'm hearing lies on top of lies Lies, lies, tell the truth your words are a bad disguise. Who are you? <laughs>